The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Yo, what's up, everybody? It is me, your Satan hailing bruiser, Holden McNeely. Hail Satan. (laughs) Hail Satan, everybody. Hail Satan to you. (laughs) And it is I, you're wearing a latex mask. It's suffocating. I hate it. Why did I make this creative choice? It's an audio medium. No one can tell. It's so itchy and irritating. God, why did I choose to wear a latex (laughs) mask as part of my brand? Bruiser Jake, how you doing? (laughs) And today we are talking about Ghost, formerly known as Ghost BC, we'll get into it, uh, (laughs) at least in the US, uh, is a Swedish rock band that formed in the southern Sweden city of Linköping in 2006. Oh, yes, please. Mm. Thank you. And their live show is filled with spectacle. As the lead singer, Tobias Forge, portrays a sort of anti-Pope character named Papa Emeritus that has gone through different iterations over the years with the rest of the band dressed similarly and referred to as a group of nameless ghouls. And we have a nameless ghoul on the episode with us today. And by nameless, I mean he has a name. That's right, Jordan. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) I fucking got there. What a setup. I was like... (laughs) Where's he going? He's going to land the plane one way or the other. (laughs) He's taking it to the Hudson River like Sully, baby. We're going to love him for it. Yeah, got to put it in the water. (laughs) Of course, George from Two Minutes to Late Night. uh, Fantastic uh, show. Uh, Also, you know, some other stuff. I I love Al Bummer. Oh, how do you pronounce it? I I always say Al Bummer. And then I think I'm talking about a guy named Al Bummer. All right, cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole. That's that's it can be Al. (laughs) Al Bummer. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sounds Al. Like Bum. I'm Bummer. Al Bummer. But yeah, I'm, I'm Giant Bomb. I'm happy to be here to be a Bummer as we talk about, uh, you know, one of my fellow uh, theatrical, spooky, face painted entertainers. Happy to happy to sh- to shed a light. Um, yeah, and so yeah, we wanted to get you on here because you, I think you have a much better understanding of like the genre of metal mm-hmm. uh, as we come to know it, or uh, or is this a cult rock? What is this? What is Ghost? Jordan, can you explain it? I, explaining, like, you know, you'd think at this point I would have, like, a better handle on the whole thing. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever, like, I feel like just any kind of subgenre of music, like, whatever, whatever you describe is going to set somebody off, and 
boy, is that the case when it comes to to Ghost. Uh, so I think to me, Ghost is I think the I think people mistake them as like a metal band or they mistakenly have the argument about whether they are a metal band or not. And I think to me, it's kind of irrelevant because the gimmick is is like, what if like old like I it's just like, what if an old like evil band was invading the pop music industry. Mm. That's the whole thing. So mm. it's they're not really they might be a, they're a metal band but they're not trying to sound like a metal band. Yeah. They're trying to get famous. The game is to them is play the game correctly. Yeah, and that's why a word that like kind of goes through my head when listening to them and the framework of other metal acts and things like that is palatable. Mm. There's just a, uh, something about the sound that I feel like, and I, my best example is to use like my my wife who is religious, who would I think a lot of times be eked out by or like a little more opposed to kind of like this sort of Satan, Satan, uh, 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 sound, right? Like, Filial like in other words, like Beelzebub, <laughs> Lucifer, the devil. Literally the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I got like the first Black Sabbath album on vinyl not too long ago and I was rocking it out and like it actually like kind of freaked her out a little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I gotta like put this on maybe when she's not around. But when she came in the room when I was playing Ghost, she was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. And they're like, what's the deal? Like she saw the pop emeritus anti-pope thing and she, nay, she was not offended. She was like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> and I was like, Which wait, hold on, you're supposed to be hear? upset about yeah, this. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember which song? This is very clutch. I actually. don't. I think I was listening to Imperium, um, but I can't remember. But it was very like floaty and had that Blue Oyster Cult vibe, and just had you know, with the, and the vocals just weren't like trying to to scare her. You know what I mean? So I. I don't know. That that really was eye-opening to me because I thought that going into this episode, these are like the scary evil. And they, like, they are. And I think one of the things like Henry from Last Podcast of the Left said to me about like kind of his enjoyment of ghosts is like, yeah, like when you go to a ghost show, it's also like an occult ceremony in mm-hmm. this kind of way, right? With the performance and the big aesthetics and everything. And part of it is it's like an answer almost to another comparison I made in my head while listening to some of their songs was like some of this sounds like just like inspirational christian rock they just replaced jesus with satan and i think it's for a lot of people who uh want to have that experience but they are um children of the devil they want to go into an arena and raise their hands and like sway around and like feel the sweet embrace of satan april you're gonna be getting a lot of these this episode but just to for an example of what holden is talking about do you think faith or he is is a better he he is 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 definitely more what We're standing here by the abyss And the world is in flames Two star-crossed lovers reaching out To the beast with many names The name of that, I would be like, that's uh, must be God. I'm trying to think of a what's a Christian rock band that was incredibly famous um, back in the day. 
Yeah, <laughs> sure. The biggest one. P.O.D. But even that, I think with Christian rock, like there's like an edge to it. And I think that this is almost when I the the elements that parody Christianity in Ghost to me feels like it's a par- it's not a parody of Christian rock. It's a parody of a mega church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It feels like when you see a ghost show, it looks like I'm I'm a I'm Jewish. There's, the only experience I have with a mega church is like watching Righteous Gemstones, mm-hmm. and that's just what Dude, the ghost it show is looks not- like far from that i went i i so uh, i had a friend who uh if i s- slept over at his place on saturday night like i had to go to the mega church with him the next day it was a giant mm. southern baptist church it was totally that huge stage big band the lighting's like insane you know and yeah yeah for sure and there's something about that type of arena experience i'm kind of getting this lately more so than ever and i think we all are right now if, at least if you're somebody who loves to go to concerts like there is something deep within me that like i need to go to a space with a bunch of people and like celebrate live music in this way and like the bigger the better i'm a big swifty yeah. so like seeing t-swift like a giant stadium show is crazy or like my friends just went and saw ramstein totally ramstein sorry and that like giant stage experience. There's nothing like it. And I think ghost from the very beginning even was driving towards that, that point as a stadium act from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And like, you feel that and it's amazing. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the whole thing. Like to me, what the, what the band is, 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 uh, like he's, he's a zombie Pope. So it's essentially, it's like with the full gimmick, it's a church, trying to be like we need to get our influence in on mainstream culture and so that is literally the like, lore res- that's <laughs> the lore they are a satanic mirror of the catholic church based out of italy using the power of rock music to like win <laughs> over followers yeah they're trying to uh, like and that's an un that's just literally also what it is because like as we'll get into later like they like this the gimmick might not just be that it's like an evil rock band, like, but it might be like real life an evil rock band, <laughs> which on, to me only adds to the gimmick. Like it's it and it's like uh, I don't know when people are bad, it can hurt the art, but it to me this is an instance of like maybe this badness makes this gimmick work even better and kind of more fascinating. So, Holden, I was surprised that this band ended up on our, like, topic list because if I have to be honest, like, music is not a huge part of my life. Most of the bands that I like usually are steeped in some kind of, like, wackety-schmackety irony or, like, there's a sense of humor about them. I like, you know, I like musicians like Ben Folds and they might be giants. Like, I, I just don't have that, like drive that emotional like core that really connects someone to music but when we've covered bands on the show it's been stuff like gorillas and rush and uh stuff that has like all of this like lore and aesthetics and this decades of fandom and this kind of thing where it's more than just the songs themselves it is an experience it is a story and you know i did i just saw the ghost logo hanging at the wall 
of Hot Topic. Like, I, you know, it's got all the angles and sharp edges so you're and religious imagery. You're already starting to hit on, a, on the points that make this a perfect Wars of the Bruiser topic. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Everything on the wall at a Hot Topic is a potential Wars of the Bruiser Very episode. Very true. And Period. has been at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Everything comes back to Hot Topic. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I've seen the spooky Pope just from like fandom posts and fan art. Like he is a cultural figure, Papa Emeritus. But actually sitting down and listening to this music, it really is like the perfect Whizbrew Topic band because it is a story of a creative person at the edge of their rope kind of remixing and innovative and innovating and taking disparate things and forging it into something that resonates with people. Um, The storylines and the kind of like extracurricular gimmicks, like having the nameless ghouls in the band and having their outfits change and have, they have their own separate rules and lore, having the different eras of the Pope die and get replaced with every album on tour. And each one adds a little bit of a different uh, vibe to the, uh, to the proceedings live. The fact that every album kind of has its own uh, theme within a theme, whether it's uh, the plague or the fall of an empire or anything like that. It just lends itself to nerdy obsession and fandom. Yeah. It's just nerdy shit. That's what I always loved about. There's something that draws me to stuff like that as well. Like what I always loved about Alice Cooper is Alice Cooper on its face is like a spooky, scary monster man. And then like when you, you know, like that scene in Wayne's world, (laughs) Right. I mean, I think we can all just point towards that collectively. It's like yeah. these are all just fu- they're all intellectuals and nerds and they're all just like yeah. really nerdy about theater and stuff like that. And like they just put it applied it to this like edgy sound and aesthetic or whatever. But it's all like they're just a bunch of theater nerds and stuff. And I think that I am always going to be drawn towards entities like that and i love what goes into creating like a giant scary stage show you know what i mean it's always just fascinating to me because at the end of the day it's just people playing dress up and you know making you know rad sounds with instruments and take it from there when did you first hear ghost holden i'm i'm curious for me what era I, again, I think it it, it le- definitely squared hammer is the first one, and it's right. actually from I do a Twitch stream with um, co-host of my other uh, podcast to do page seven uh, Twitch stream with Jackie, and that Twitch stream people donate to throw up music videos and different stu- things like cool. that, and so Ghost would just get on the rotation every now and again, and it was definitely just this very. Um, so I think definitely I saw of them before I heard of them, right? right. Like you saw the. Images of the stage show, which is interesting. It's very rare for a band, I feel like, where you actually see the logo, which is one of the best like rock band logos, I think, that exists. You see the totally. logo, the album covers, all that kind of stuff leads. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, I'm kind of surprised it sounds like this a little bit. You know what I mean? You yeah. just expect the guy to come out and be like, you know what I mean? Church. Take Jesus, throw him down a well, you know, <laughs> or whatever. I love metal songs about throwing Jesus throw him into a well. well. Throw him into the well. Holden, I need you on your own time after we're on the record. <laughs> just, just give me a demo of the full song of that because I was right, enthralled right. in that. I, four it's second. a good. Wow. I'm gonna start mine. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely ghoul. going. I'm ghoul. actually. Yeah. Uh, there is a band called. Uh, ghoul. There is. Yeah, there's a no, band no, called no. Ghoul. There's. Uh, 
there's already, we'll get into it when we get to the very controversial uh, legal issues that have plagued this band. Yeah. The former band members have kind of just been like, well, you know what? We'll do our own ghost, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake, when did, when did you first hear that? Like, I, I have not I heard found a, a single note of Ghost before we started researching this. And I was genuinely shocked. Like, yeah, Holden, like you said, from the imagery, from just the reputation, I assumed also, I, I am so, I have I have no right to even be speaking on the topic of metal, but like, I, I expected, <laughs> uh, I'm right. gonna slap Mary and Joseph. They yeah, the like sounds it. that you make when you masturbate. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. were thinking it was just gonna be like that. I don't know. I <laughs> gently moan in a high-pitched and whispery breath, as you've seen several times, Times before we record in order to get my yonic energies in order. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get that yonic energy. <laughs> I was taken aback, uh, not since we covered Rush, which was another band that I like really had no engagement with until we did the episode on, how much I was tapping my toes and thoroughly enjoying the music and the theatrics combined. The, 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 the way I would describe it is it's like one of those 70s bands that people were freaked out about because of the satanic and cult imagery that now seem tame had the full, like, super text, in-your-face, aggressive, anti-religion, dark satanic messaging of a modern metal band. Like, they're, yeah. they are as hardcore in their intent and lyrics and imagery as, like, a Midwestern housewife thought Black Sabbath was back in the day. I, well, that's the thing that's fascinating to me is because when I saw the imagery because we all see i think i like at least for me as like a music person like i will usually see a band logo and an album cover before i actually hear it because if i'm looking at like an album and because of the time period i kind of i did expect them to kind of sound like this because at this time when their first full length comes out like it's at the height of you know, 70s throwback music in metal and also uh -huh. in mainstream and also like in indie. Like mm. there are indie bands, you know, like, you know, it's the return of garage rock. It's also the return of uh, doom metal. There is like um, uh, a lot of that happening at, at this time with bands like Witch. I feel like, you know, uh, finally this bands like Sword, The Sword and Sleep are getting their dues and there's just millions of doom metal bands, millions of IPA loving men, <laughs> starting yes. bands, buying Les Paul guitars and orange amplifiers and writing really slow Black Sabbath riffs. And that yeah. is just a whole thing. Denver, Colorado is a town that pretty <laughs> much exists to only house those people and those bands. I think another key piece of this is the most theatrical bands in metal, quote, quote, metal, usually have a kind of softer touch. I think like when you look at a band, like when you look at like the Misfits, which I think are a very similar band, you know, face paint, skulls, like uh, also throw a throwback sound at the time. They're just punk right. and also, you know, Elvis influenced you look at King Diamond, I think is the biggest, I feel like the biggest on paper comparison to Ghost is King Diamond. Um, but all of these bands don't have a repulsive sound. Like there's metal that exists to have the sound of something that is repulsive. And then there's this side of metal where it's supposed to be catchy and kind of 
an earworm and yeah, kind of be that's a, ho- a Trojan it- horse of bad ideas, which is what <laughs> housewives and moms and stuff at the time are really, sh- they should be afraid of. Which again, unless you're really listening to the lyrics, you could play ghost, like I, using Lexi, my wife, as an example, you could play ghost and it's just kind of like, oh, this is interesting, like this is fun. You know? <laughs> I mean, all the lyrics are about, you know, Lucifer. April, if you and- could uh, play a little bit of, I think this is like ghosts, earliest like hit hit would be ritual maybe ritual yeah mm-hmm. yeah if you can play some of that it's it's a toe tapper you can bob your head to it but they're talking about like corpses and cannibalism and dark blood rituals hit it <laughs> That's why I'm gonna ask April right now to play the DK rap. No, April, fuck no, deny. Here, here we go. Emergency protocol. Uh, to cancel. Cancel. Delete. <laughs> Error. Error. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I, which makes sense. I think if you know more of of, of the history, uh, it makes a ton of sense that that it would have the type of sound that it has. But I do you're I like making that distinction. One one right. one type of metal, especially like more satanic sided uh uh metal is like they actually want you to feel like you're in the depths of hell. <laughs> and then the other kind is wanting to get you to like raise up and praise our Satan. You know what I mean? And like Yeah, it's trying to do the I feel like it's like one is the like what would hell actually sound like? And then there's a version of metal which ghost absolutely is which is let's do let's have fun like there there's i or there's three pieces of it there's the repulsive sound there's like this is all silly it's yeah. just dragons let's and whatever D motherfuckers right D metal <laughs> and then there's people who are actually evil and they're trying to do they're playing the game of like the biggest trick the devil ever pulled uh, ever pulled was convincing you that he didn't exist and so mm. like this these this music is not evil at all mm. it's catchy and fun <laughs> listen to it there are lyrics that are like uh still your soul will suffer tonight in this plight <laughs> like your father in hell that's my favorite <laughs> hook from ghost is the witch image uh hook on uh on prequel because it is such a good hook. And when he goes like, like your father in hell, I was like, that's so fucking good and so twisted and evil. Like, it's a simple line. Yeah. But when it hits, it's just like, it feels, it's kind of like a weird, like when you think about the context of the song and this hook, it kind of makes, I've never listened to music. I've listened to tons of metal. My whole life I've listened to it. But weirdly, there are spots in bands like Ghost where there are those lines, and it's like, I kind of felt my stomach drop because that feels actually evil. <laughs> yeah. To build something this, like, this uh, prequel the album has so many lines where, uh, or like little lyrical spots where it's like, you're having fun, and then it's like, 
think about something awful now. <laughs> it's like opposite of Bob Ross. Like, let's uh, let's think about a little bit of hell. Let's paint a couple of skulls. That's your mother. Let's paint another skull. That's your fucking father. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That he, in a way, uh, uh, that connects to a quote he has talking about how it's like a, it's a what Tobias describes. Tobias Forge, by the way, we should introduce that name. He is our front man, mastermind behind this group. We're we're about to get into his whole life story, but he describes the 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 newest album as a quote ten course meal, and that quote if you don't like oysters, then you might not like course number four because it's got oysters. Um, uh, and I think that's just a good general. Scripter for their whole catalog is just like it is an experience and you're going to get so many different vibes throughout right mm-hmm. and have so many different moments like what you were just describing Jordan because I had that exact experience with while I was just going through their discography back to back to back uh, over the past you know week uh, of like yeah like I'll like laugh even because it'll just I I'll hear a line that's so crazy right and you're just like in the middle of this and then you'll hear something else, you're like oh my god this is like rocking I want to fucking be in the club right now like this is great and then you know yeah, yeah. and then uh, ABBA cover you're just like what is happening right now this is the insane band absolutely has a sense of humor about it I mean you yes, don't release right. an EP called Pope Star without having a little bit of some silly pants in it the besides the albums, there's like a web series. There's like, oh, uh, you know, they released a dildo with the dude's face on it as the miters, <laughs> right. the tip. Like they are a hundred percent at the for all the times that they talk about the seriousness of religion and like the freedom of rebellion and can like get as heavy as they want. They can also just like take the piss out of themselves, super like honestly. So mm-hmm. it's 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 just. Yeah, they got they got something for everybody, man. I don't know what to say. It's super easy to do that from their perspective because, like, when you the the gimmick exists to take the piss out of like the workings of the music industry, right? So you're looking at like a band that's like we're a parody of how the music industry works. We're sellouts. We're sellout evil satanic church. We're we're trying to sell Satan to the masses. Like that's if. Pitching the gimmick is like, what if there was a band that, like, their whole goal was just to sell an evil message? Which is a lot of, but also, isn't that what every corporate band is? <laughs> like, they're just trying to sell you shit, man. <laughs> At the same time, it's, uh, so they can take the piss out of themselves, but also just do the same. They can actually do it mm-hmm. at the same time. And they've set themselves up for success to be, to, to be a parody of success, but also... They are successful. Mm-hmm. So the yes. whole band is like, is is like, is this a gimmick? Like, haha, it's funny, but also no, it's happening. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I think part of that is like a band that has that solid of an aesthetic and everything like that. Usually, like maybe the musicianship might be a little lacking, but it's actually quite good. And so good. you know, the or or the hooks wouldn't be quite as there, but like they have really catchy fucking hooks. Like, I think that's why mm-hmm. you kind of are like, wait, hold on. What's going on here? Am I like yeah. becoming legion right now? Like <laughs> you can take everything. I I think you can take like a lot of things away from the band, but like their ability their ability to write a song is un 
unparalleled, I think, in, yeah. in the game of like being catchy and infectious and feeling like it can uh, have a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's why metal people hate it so much. And see, yeah, because they're like at the Grammy, the actual Grammys. I mean, we got to get into it, uh, the actual history. But when the the most popular description of this band in a single sentence I've ever heard is it's metal for people who hate metal, which would naturally engender yourself to being resented by people that like metal, right? <laughs> I th- I think so. I think it just depends on like what type of metal that you're or what aspect of it that you're into like i there's a uh there's a band in call from colorado from denver colorado called primitive man and uh their singer ethan who's kind of responsible for the entire metal scene existing in denver colorado like if you uh like he built that place and his version he's not interested in any version of theatrical metal like he is firmly on the metal should exist to repulse it should be (laughs) about messages and it should make you it should be about the sound of pain (laughs) and i he's like i do not have time for any like iron maidens or whatever like i liked iron maiden when i was like six like there are people in metal who view it as like yeah that's like a birthday party (laughs) (laughs) it's i we're not there, we want to use it like a further a furthering of punk where it's like it's supposed to confront be intense it's supposed to confront messages it's supposed to convey an experience and everything that primitive man writes about is very is is uh very serious there's nothing f- uh, like fun about it there's and that so I can see people who are interested in metal for that aspect. There's nothing for them here. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing, like barely <laughs> even an image. Like maybe the weird little frog guy on prequel is for those guys, but <laughs> nothing else. So from that perspective, uh, I get it. But I think when people get into arguments about like musician musicianship and riffs or whatever, that's when it's stupid. Yeah. That's when I think you are just... You're, I don't know. I don't really know what you're trying to gain from that uh-huh. argument. Well, as yeah, yeah. a weak-willed, spineless worm, the idea that anybody would resent me for liking anything causes me immediately to question whether I should like something. And uh, right. let me tell you, I've never been happier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Tobias Forge, uh, the mastermind behind the whole thing. Actually grew up in Linkaping. Uh, where his band was formed, uh, and his my favorite mother- GameCube game. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a shiny Linka ping. I think we <laughs> we did that in the other version. Uh, sounds like a Pokemon. Uh, yep. His mother gave him a great education on art history, which is how he came to know churches, as they were the home of some of the greatest art ever created throughout Europe. uh, Tobias said, my mom is very liberal. She has never been religious, spiritual, but not religious. However, she worked in art and had a very avid interest in art and culture. So she presented church to me as more of an archaeological or more museum-like institution, more from a historic perspective. She took me to Paris, for example, and in addition to going to the Louvre and seeing art, uh, we definitely went to Notre Dame and places like that because it was part of the art experience. I was always very in awe of all those churches. So from my mom's side, that whole thing was very interesting and enthralling and very enticing. Religion was more of a fictional art explosion, at least at that point. 
Now, on top of that, though, at home, he was reading a lot of books and watching a lot of films, especially horror films, stuff like The Exorcist, The Omen, um, stuff where, quote, obviously you have the devil very present, as Tobias refers to it. And uh, yeah, this kind of contrast against this Christian backdrop, but there was also a big church in Linkoping that he was kind of obsessed with that was just very ornate and huge and gorgeous. And um, so all, while that's going on, Forge has an older brother who is turning him on to all this great music. There, the, It's definitely an age gap situation. Forge ends up being one of those cool kids that got into cool shit at a very young yep. age. He said, my brother gave me my first records when I was about three or four years old because he bought a lot of records. And he was very nice because he gave me the records he thought I'd like more. So my first records were Kiss's Love Gun, Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry, and Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. And they had uh, that had an Im- uh, immense influence on me. Forge said about Shout at the Devil, that was a record that actually scared me. I loved it, but I found it very, very terrifying, especially the intro, which is always the secret, right? When something jumps out at you like that or like actually terrifies you, you end up weirdly growing to love it. I, For yeah. my example, like Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, right? Like Large Marge... <laughs> The fucking clown with the chains. Wild. Wild that that's your <laughs> it scared me example. Right? Yeah, it was terrifying. That one is an accident. That that's one of those like, oh, we made this a little too scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But that now I'm like or or the other example I use is the the animated Hobbit. I was oh, yeah. terrified of that movie, and I would rent it like every other week for Blockbuster <laughs> at the same time. Ralph Bakshi be drawing some shit that like children did were not ready for. Yeah, man, like the all of it, the fucking uh, goblins, the troll, the orcs, those yeah, they were horrifying. Um, and so it just sticks in your brain. I feel like a lot more, and then you're also you're hearing all this great music uh, uh, at the same time, and that, that that's that's coming together for Forge by eight years old Forge has his own record collection, a guitar that he's playing avidly. He said, I was already into many of the things that to this day I'm still deeply influenced by. A lot of 60s music, The Doors, The Kinks, Pink Floyd, and The Rolling Stones. It was a bigger, tasteful, stronger world that was so far away from the world I lived in. I think another... Uh, like It's it's I, I, it's interesting that he br- he he's bringing up all this music and also the way that he participates in religion especially being in from scandinavia because right at probably the most impressionable part of his uh like childhood is when you know across across the lake in norway the uh most intense period of black metal is happening church Mm -hmm. burnings are happening the most uh, like you know like a rebellion of a culture against Christianity because they, they don't like that it has erased their own culture. I feel like as this is hap as that's happening, you know, maybe that influences the way that his like parents are looking at. Oh, for sure. And the conversation Mm -hmm. around religion in Scandinavia in general. 
It hit him. It hit him as well. He said, especially in Sweden and Norway, it was a big thing. And it was just right up my alley. And it became such a powerful way of expressing myself and how to not only uh, deviate and differentiate myself from the norm and normal people, but just like hand in glove with my way of seeing the world. The, that is the, the burgeoning black metal scene that was coming out in the 90s. And that yep. was largely due to a couple of religious assholes, which is, I feel like, always the case for so many people, including like even, um, you know, our friends. Uh, on last podcast to the left, uh, there's always like a, a early, you know, I, I was Henry factoid about Henry is he was like initially going to maybe go into the priesthood at one point when he was a kid, you know, and Why? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Hail Satan. Henry. Now that I think about it, you never hear of a Satanist and uh, or, or even a cultural figure uh, tied to the devil uh, when they talk about their background and their childhood just being like, yeah, Pastor Craig was pretty chill. <laughs> he gave us pizza parties. Definitely didn't throw my sister in a shed for a week. Yeah, Ford said, throughout my childhood, there were examples of the Christian people that I met, people who were in one form or another, were devoted to any church or congregation. They were more often than not, not, not very nice people. They were actually quite mean and condescending, whereas I found my stereo and my VCR, my mom, and the comfort of our home was this great universe of imagination where you can tap into whatever. And so uh, the two major figures that turned him away from the church and into the sweet, loving embrace of Satan were... Uh, uh, Forge's first teacher, or one of his first teachers at least, incredibly strict and mean, imposed her religion on his education for several hours of the day, did way too much Bible study, and, um, you know, he talks about how he's like, she was only just barely, like, not allowed to hit us. Like, yes. she was clearly had beaten the fuck out of us if it wasn't, like, totally against the law at that point. And, uh, you know, he was, by that point, foul-mouthed, rebellious kid. They just completely clashed hard. Um and Ford said she definitely became the symbol for Christianity and not being very nice. And then that final nail in the coffin for Tobias when it came to Christian folks was his stepmother, who looking back on it, he realized like she was he looked at him as in, in the way of her and her relationship with his father, um, but still like just a total hypocrite, very like, I'm a sweet, goodly woman, and then, you know, mean. behind closed doors, very mean, just mean, mean, mean. And so uh, Tobias said, and that started an interest in looking for the dark side. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So in the lore of the band, uh, in which uh, Ghost is a basically the front-facing entity of a satanic counter-Catholic church based out of Italy, uh, within the videos and referenced all over the place within their media is the character of Sister Imperator, 
who is an elderly woman who secretly manipulates the goings-ons of the church and is in charge of, like, arranging who becomes the next pope and will, uh, you know, uh, conspire against certain Papa Emeritus characters. So it makes sense that within the lore of the band, the most evil representation, the actual head honcho behind the dark, evil church is an old lady. (laughs) I just... just I, I hold on. I knew that your wife is uh, religious. Have you guys had weird experiences with Christianity before? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, I was talking about how like we 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 talked about how like Ghost is this mega church, but for uh, but for you know Satanism, which is like kind of hilarious. You know, you come in, it's like. Uh, you, you talked about, uh, we were talking before, Jordan, you talked about how you come from a Jewish background and the yes. only experience you have with the megachurch is like watching Righteous Gemstones, but Righteous Gemstones is totally like right on the experience. It is And to me, that's like, ugh, like that's not uh, icky. Even an impressionable youth, like there's no, nece- you know, going into it blind or whatever, just feeling like, you know, this doesn't sit right with me, you know, and I definitely I also went to, you know, the Vatican when I when I uh, visited Italy at one point and the grandiosity and the giant gold, solid gold frame paintings everywhere and all the just sheer money that is in that space that could be like used to like, I don't know, help people. Yeah. You know, it's definitely starving always been very kids that off-putting. could be eating that gold, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> and I grew up, yeah, I grew up Unitarian, so I grew up with the very, the this open-ended approach, and mm-hmm. so, but I also grew up in the South, and so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, the rise of big evangelical megachurches, and what that, oh man, all right, so... I went to this Sunday school. So if I stayed over my buddy Ben's place on Saturday night, I had to go to this giant mega church and their Sunday school the next day. I was for like forced to go. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time we got the first time I went, it was like the whole class was cool. There was a bunch of dudes in the class. They were all like class clowns and they were all like fucking around and making fun of the whole thing. We were having a blast. I was like, this is fun. Sunday school is funnier. And then I went back like um, maybe a month or so later because again, spent the night. Dude, did Ben have a Sega CD? Like that is a big ask for sleepover I went privileges. To, I know, right? <laughs> I, I was just, Ben's, Ben's place was the place to, to be. I don't know. He had he had the weed, I think was what, uh, what it was. But anyways, mm. we went that we went the next next time I went, they had just gotten back from a church retreat where they had all clearly gotten brainwashed and they were oh. all like had a glaze over their eyes. And one of the guys was like, I took all my secular this is like one of the cool kids. I was like, this guy's awesome. He was like, I took all my secular CDs and I put them out in the driveway and I took a basketball and I smashed them. And I smashed them, I smashed them. I was like, what's happening here? It was like Stepford Wives. That's so it was terrifying. <laughs> I you know, yeah, I'm Jewish, so I've had like almost zero interactions with the church outside of, you know, like the media or, you know, uh, just like from a political standpoint, uh, uh, like hearing about it. And I had one of my first like, sorry if this is dark. I had my I went to my first like real like Midwestern Christian funeral. My uh, partner's grandmother passed away and we went to her memorial service and you know i showed up you know because like uh with a mentality of being like okay well i'm gonna go i'm not gonna agree 
probably with a lot of these practices or whatever. But at the end of the day, these are just, this is just their, I'm just going to listen to people talk about this person that they loved and they're going to, I'm going to hear at the end of the day, it's just people trying to like, this is their way of being good people and like finding a, a like a, a reason for morality or whatever. And then I just like listened to the priest go like, I know we're all worried about uh like, uh, this woman that we loved, but just know that she loved Jesus, and that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just if you're worried that you're not a very good person, uh, don't worry about it. Just like love Jesus. Like Martin Luther wasn't very good, and uh, he was worried that he wasn't a very good person. But then you know what? He just believed in Jesus, and it's all fine. And he just like did not talk about the grandmother at all. Mm-hmm. He just was pitching weddings. Like, by the way, can be like that too. Hot and, crowd. And- hot crowd. I couldn't believe I was sitting around like the only people that talked about like her grandmother were like the two family members that spoke. And then this pre like I I'm I'm used to the rabbi just talking about like the person and then going like, yeah, we don't really know what happens afterwards (laughs) or whatever. Like we're trying, we're just trying to be good people or whatever. Right. right. Tying it back to ghosts though, a Catholic mass and a Jewish uh, uh, prayer uh, meeting, whatever, uh, davening, whatever. Temple. Temple (laughs) does have like, I'm also Jewish, does have parallels. Like watching a ghost concert when they like take out the, uh, the censor, the incense burner. And like um, people do a false communion and there's all this Latin and this droning and people are like singing along like it, the, 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 you know, if you are almost zenning out while uh, someone on a stage is like speaking a dead language, like you get into that old school religion vibe. So the Jewish Catholic mm. bridge, what I'm trying to say is watching ghost riff on Catholic mass as a Jew, I kind of like totally. almost gelled with like, no, no, I get the vibe. I get the vibe. I get it. Totally. Yeah. Seeing it, you're like, I see what you're doing. I got yeah. it. Like, right. Oh, weird. But you even don't carry around a bunch gold. of scrolled up cow skin with writing on it. Weird. Yeah. But okay, I get it. <laughs> I, well, I just couldn't believe that. Like, I've seen Ghost live. And it's like, it's he's weirdly more subtle than this. Small mm. Midwestern like <laughs> yeah, yeah. funeral I went to. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So we've got so this weird relationship with religion. We've got this amazing like rock and roll education from his older brother. Uh, these things are getting all put into place. But ha- we have to get to the bands that he actually was in leading up to Ghost. At the age of 15, Tobias was a member of a band called Superior. Uh, and he was already uh, using a stage name at the age of 15. He went as Leviathan. Uh, and this is back in 1996. They were called Absurdism before they changed their name to Superior. They actually formed in 1994. And in this band, he had a more traditional black metal goblin screech as the singer. You can actually find some early recordings from this time. But they only did a few demos before they broke up. Then in from 1998 to 2004, Tobias fronted the band Repugnant under the name Mary Gore. 
And uh, this later did get a bit of a cult following, following among death metal heads uh, who were retroactively deemed them the leaders of a Swedish death metal revival. But that's way after the fact that they, they, they were not big when they were, were playing at the time. Tobias even was very frustrated with how they ended up panning out. He said, we were rejected by every fucking label. When we called it quits, we felt like j- such a side note. We didn't mean any uh, we didn't mean anything except to a few people. And also, uh, in the video I watched of them, Tobias was already showcasing his trademark ghoulish makeup to a much lesser degree, but he did have like the black around the eyes. I think almost the more important band at this time is Subvision. Uh, right, Jake? Oh, yeah. So Subvision was kind of a rocking pop kind of deal. Uh, I th- The closest thing listening to some of their songs I could think of was Queens of the Stone Age. But again, terrible music vocabulary. Not really. Uh, uh, I don't have... The the I I don't know that was the best best I could come up with, but uh, it is just a straight you know no makeup no growl no screech it's just like melodic kind of uh, soft vocals going for nice hooky songs and mm-hmm. what Ghost kind of ended up being was kind of a hybrid of the aesthetics of Repugnant and the hooks of Subvision, which I is kind of fascinating because on it on their own. Like it could, he couldn't make it work. And it was only when he got to this kind of in the corner point of his life that he kind of smushed them together. Also important about Subvision is that the uh, band members, Gustav Lindstrom, Simon Soderberg, and Martin Persner, uh, ended up becoming the original nameless ghouls in Ghost. Yes. Uh, or amongst yeah. the nameless ghouls in Ghost. Amongst the many ghouls. <laughs> yes. At this time, by the way, it should be noted, Tobias Forge. Two twin newborns. He's working at a call center for a phone company, and he's absolutely miserable. I know that sounds dire, but you have to understand, in Scandinavia, people are actually polite to each other, so it's not like people just being like, what the fuck? I can't get two gigs data. I'm a limited player. No, that's exactly what's going on. I'll kill you. Instead, it's just like, I believe there was a mistake with our (laughs) billing. I owe you $3. I will send it immediately. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So So he's at this kind of just dead end point with his music career and it's 2006 and he writes a song called Stand By Him uh, and has his friend from Subvision bandmate Gustav Lindstrom uh, help him record it. And it wasn't like anything he'd written before. This melding of metal with the guitars and drums and floaty vocal harmonies. Ford said, it sounded great, but I didn't really know what it was. Occult rock is now obviously a very common term, but at that point, the song just felt oddly attractive. I told Gustav, if I can write two more like this, we could definitely call it something and do something with it. And so they did. And in 2008, the two dudes went into the studio to record Stand By Him, Prime Mover, and Death Knell, and they were under the name Ghost. Ford said we had a drum station a bass station and a guitar station and a vocal station and just circled around at the end of that weekend we had three songs recording and he decided this new outfit it was going to have to be a quote theater band he described it uh, as he described it and if that was the case they should be totally anonymous so all these decisions were made in that first inception of those initial three songs that they end up putting out on myspace uh fascinatingly enough to to extreme it just completely explode overnight Uh, he considered the vocals on that first demo by the way to be placeholder vocals he was not considering himself to be the front man. He always saw himself as the Keith 
to somewhat to a different Mick. Essentially, um, he was always mm. this, like Keith Richards in his head, and so it was way more guitar focused, which I think you can hear by the way in the music. Um, there's a lot more focus on like the the uh, the guitar kind of rises above all the other instruments a lot of times. Totally, which is a I mean that's a kind of a key metal <laughs> thing. Yeah, that and too. Also, Weirdly, at this time, like at this, the, like that, his the style of guitar playing that's in a lot of ghost music is really rising to the forefront as well. Weirdly, in Scandinavia, like American rock and roll, like, uh, like old kind of like there's a lot of like what feels like, uh, like Bob Seeger ass riffs mm. in, yeah, like Ghost that is. I, it, later, I'll, I'll I'll bring up a, a different band that's kind of like a much more extreme version of the the influences mm-hmm. in Ghost. Hell yeah! But continue. So yeah, he then posts this music on MySpace. I wonder who his top eight was. <laughs> I wonder if Lindstrom <laughs> was in it. Apparently, Gore Guts because Repugnant absolutely stole the logo of Gore Guts. <laughs> <laughs> That's an achievement to have a uh, metal logo that is markedly derivative. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're all derivative, but this one, I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, I, we, I admit it when we steal stuff from other people. But <laughs> so, yeah, he becomes this absolute overnight success on MySpace. It's kind of insane. Ford said, we went from absolutely nothing, a complete unknown. Maybe 10 people in the world knew about it before that. And 48 hours later, the band was already being approached by all kinds of people. My career trajectory changed more in those 24 to 48 hours than I had ever experienced in my life. Uh, but unfortunately, at the same time, although this did probably have something to do with propelling Ghost uh, in terms of just like Tobias's intensity about the band... I think it did have something to do with it. His brother passes away like right and like within the same, I think 24 or so hours of him posting this music and becoming this huge, crazy out of nowhere success online. Um, he described his brother as very kind and very caretaking, and he passed away from like a heart condition. Tobias said, ever since then, it's hard not to feel that there might have been some sort of universal trade-off. Like He was just giving me a big push in the back, and it hasn't stopped since. To take one loss, and then you accumulate the worth of that and sort of bake it into like a power bun. You remember... Uh, this, okay, so I love this. He goes... He did, uh, connects his brother's death to a moment in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> you remember in Back to the Future 3 when he has those logs of wood and he's spiked with some sort of shit that makes the locomotive move faster? So far, it feels like like that's how I've been Moments able to sort of redirect. A man has died. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the log goo, Jake. <laughs> that's what his brother's death was like, the log goo in Back to the Future 3. Listen, sometimes words fail you. You're speaking, you know, <laughs> English is not the man's first language. And in that moment of raw desperation, the thing you think of is Back to the Future Part Three. You know, I I think you're making a bigger deal out of this. <laughs> I think this is I think this is just like um I think he just like watched Back to the Future Three and just wanted to talk to somebody about it, <laughs> which happens. I like I will like I I, I listen to Ghost today, so I want to talk to Ghost. Or talk about ghosts with you guys. <laughs> it's part of it. Just, just, just being like this. You know, the, I processed my loss the same way that uh, Michael J. Fox processed the frisbee <laughs> pie plate and created a flying disc. So too did my grief create the ghost. Yeah. 
crazy. <laughs> so they go into the studio, a, a basement studio in Linkoping, and they record their first LP, released as Opus Eponymous in late 2010. This was released on Rise Above Records, a London-based purveyor of the, quote, doom scene, with bands like Sleep, Electric Wizard. They, they also put out stuff like Napalm Death. Um, and by this point, Forge created the first of his lineage of characters with Papa Emeritus, a sort of anti-Pope skeleton man. We've described him already. Uh, and of course, his nameless ghouls at this point are wearing the black hooded robes. Very, a, a bit of a simpler approach than I'd say their look nowadays. But they are also going to change uh, and become you know, these different incantations as each album comes out. Mm-hmm. And they play their first concert just after the release of the album in Würzburg, Germany, as the uh, at the Hammer of Death... Uh, at the Hammer of Doom Festival. And from the get-go, Tobias wanted this splashy stage show to turn heads. Ford said, uh, it can't just be two dudes in t-shirts playing three songs and a load of Merciful, Merciful Fate covers in a bar. What I heard through those speakers was worthy of more than that. Uh, so, you know, but you mentioned King Diamond before. Uh, yes. You were c- explaining Merciful Fate to us uh, uh, a little before this. But uh, that Merciful actually Fate. is the most, uh, probably the, the clearest connector to like what their whole deal is with sleep. Yeah. I, th- well, I think that weirdly, and my take of Ghost is like nothing. And this kind of just goes for everything. It's like nothing on paper is like an original idea. I think he is, I think the element that made, like, if you look at a picture of Ghost and you look at a picture of, like, Merciful Fade and King Diamond, like, the logos look similar. Mm -hmm. The the stage theatricality is similar. The amount of Satan involved (laughs) in it is similar. Like, King Diamond is also kitschy and funny. Like, King Diamond has a Christmas song. (laughs) <laughs> it's just called it's not even that evil it's just called no presents for christmas because <laughs> like fu- it, like just uh, it, it's it's very tongue-in-cheek and then you yeah you look at something like uh the misfits you look at danzig it's catchy satanic uh like evil rock and roll um but i think it's the combination of like the songwriting and the hooks and really the mystique i think the gimmick like everything looks cool but metal shit has looked cool the whole time (laughs) imagery like look at the cover of painkiller by judas priest it looks fucking awesome it's a knight riding a living uh like lion motorcycle that has buzz saws for hold on i'm bringing it up now let me just double check and oh my god that's so goddamn rad sorry (laughs) i lost control of my body i lost control of my entire body just now (laughs) i think it's so like this all all of this stuff like even also metal just has a his like people can say that like they're like oh like well they need the gimmicks to overcome his vocals like metal all the people i've just talked about have like polarizing vocal styles you know like king diamond's entire vocal style is a shrieking operatic falsetto that sounds cartoonish like his most famous song is starts with him just going grandma exactly (laughs) like that i'm not doing a bad impression of what that sounds like that's what that sounds like that's what every one of his songs sounds like and it's fucking great it's funny and it's great like uh, Danzig sounds like a weird Elvis. So are you trying to circle in on why is it 
that there is a whole set of Papa Emeritus Funko Pops, whereas actually, no, wait, I just Googled it. There absolutely is a Rob Halford Funko Pop. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, but Ghost was definitely the first. It was like Metallica and Ghost first Funko Pops. But I think the gimmick of Ghost, the fact that you don't know who they are (laughs) for the first 10 years, or the fact that there was the anonymity, he was correct in that gimmick helped sell it and you don't really uh-huh. know it helps sell everything it's intrigue it's like uh it makes the mystery around it gets people to talk about them oh my god i can't believe how many ghost funko pops there are There's so <laughs> many but also even the anonymity itself makes you the fact that the the lead singers keep changing even though it's the the gimmick itself is a parody of like the machine of the music industry everything is a product they are a product they are nameless uh pieces but also as we're again we're going to talk about like it's sort of a uh, he's they're they're really living the gimmick at times mm, yeah old toby might be uh <laughs> like might not be too far off from what he tried to make up yeah, yeah. So Ghost is being passed around via word of mouth until they get into the hands of some major folks. Phil Anselmo from Pantera, uh, Metallica's James Hetfield. Uh, James Hetfield said, quote, I had no idea what they looked like until I saw the video. I heard the music first and I thought it was great, very unique, very melodic, and a breath of fresh air for metal. And by the end of 2012, they had risen to new heights. It's so popular, they had to rise above, rise above records <laughs> and move over to a subsidiary of Universal Records. Records, and that is under whom they released their second album, Infestissimum, which I feel is where they really just start to like, they really truly find themselves as, as an act, um, largely based off of what's working live. And they kind of started to r- r- infuse that into what they brought to the studio. I mean, the sound is so much bigger. This, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's larger than life at this point. Like, uh, April, you got to yeah. play some bit of uh, Year Zero, which was one of the first songs I heard while doing the research that like really set me back and was like, oh, oh, OK, OK, buddy. Uh, yeah, just hit it. And, you know, I feel like yeah. also, I think like their seventh track, I really loved. Um, I believe it's called the DK Rap. April, God hit it! it. I, he has no style. He has no You fucking snake in the grass. (laughs) Yeah, I let my guard down. I trusted you for one fucking second, and this is how you do me. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Here's a little like taste of the lore for this stuff, by the way. Uh, this is from A Nameless School. The first album is about the forthcoming arrival of the devil, spoken very much in biblical terms, much like the church will say that doomsday is near. This new album is about the presence of the devil and the presence of the Antichrist. Embroidered in these 10 songs, it is more about how mankind relates to a diabolical presence. That is the short version. Uh, and so, yeah, they... Yeah, this definitely this album feels more like what they're going to do with the onward, which is like it's a general concept album. It's not like Mm -hmm. a story album, per se. They like to just play with general concepts. It's got this epic quality to it. There's these like, you know, very lengthy songs. It's all with intent because all of this, this entire album is recorded at the ABBA studio. Yeah, yeah. All of that sound, it's like, this is just pure music nerdness, but it sounds big because it's engineered that, like, that way to sound like an album. It sounds, this sounds like Metal Mamma Mia. (laughs) (laughs) Metal Mamma Mia is such a good descriptor. (laughs) Well, they do the ABBA cover with Dave Grohl, because Dave Grohl is getting into them. Like, it makes total sense. Yeah. Dave Grohl also... Like, I want to, like, participating in this album is awesome because there is, across the river, in Norway, there is a similar band that's starting to exist that, on paper, has the same general idea as Ghost. Uh, And there's a band called Kvelertak. Well, there's a problem. There's your problem. <laughs> they don't sing. They don't sing in English. Mm. Essentially, it's a combination of metal and popular rock and roll. But what they do is that they are infusing like intense black metal. Their singer is a black metal vocalist. He only sings in Norwegian, like most black metal bands. But the music underneath him, a lot of the time, is like Jimi Hendrix riffs, ACDC riffs, stuff that we are also hearing in Ghost, but they have a much more stripped down, like, theatricality. Like, their gimmick is, like, they are a fucking, like, intense rock and roll. It's none of the things that are marketable. Yeah. I'm looking this up right uh, as you're saying this, and I'm, I'm sorry to correct you. They do have a gimmick, and it's this dude is wearing a fucking owl on his head. He is wearing a, well, he is wearing an entire fucking owl on his <laughs> head. 
Yes. <laughs> not a, not a mask in the shape of like an owl's head. Like it's a, a taxidermied yeah. owl. Yes. <laughs> he is wearing an owl on his head. Yeah. They're just well, their gimmick is like they are gross and chaotic, <laughs> and there isn't like there are there is no big imagery. Like they're so it, it's it makes total like they are big in Norway because they sing in Norwegian and whatnot. And but they it's weird because they are kind of all of the unmarketable <laughs> ideas, all the things that are a part of ghosts that Tobias cast off into the fires of Mount Doom to create screaming the most palpable <laughs> like the rock and roll riffs are there to push the heavy metal aspect like the black metal aspects forward. Which I love. I love that ba- that band is my favorite band that's modern right now. They're my favorite, Hell and yeah. it's very funny that they are both exist. Like they're both their first albums drop at the exact same time, oh, man. and they both get buzz at the exact same time. But uh, it was always obvious <laughs> that Ghost is going to be the one that like succeeds because they're. Their entire map for what the band is is about the is a parody of success. So of course it works, right? And and is very tasty for American audiences. That absolutely. It's also very funny because now I'm thinking about like the way this album sounds and the visuals of this. Like it's the cover is a parody of like Amadeus, Mm -hmm. but it also Mm -hmm. feels like this particular album feels like the album. That's being created in. Have you guys seen Phantom of the Paradise? I'm aware of it because it comes up so often in our episodes from just like wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is very much like uh, like uh, like the character that. Um, oh God, what's his name? The Bo- Bowie producer. He's the he's the main actor in the in the movie. Mm. Uh, Paul Paul Williams. Paul Williams, love it, love the Muppets. Paul Williams forever. He's the Penguin on Batman, the animated series. The guy is everywhere, but he plays like an evil pop record producer, and like Ghost is very much the band that like he would create <laughs> as like yeah, a, a, like the whole movie is a parody of uh, Phantom of the Opera and also the story of Faust, and like that's kind of what Ghost kind of is also gonna throw this out there i don't i don't even think i pulled the quote but i definitely remember uh tobias forge talking about how much he loves andrew lloyd weber (laughs) and specifically cited phantom of the opera as well as the song memories from cats uh as like great examples of writing hit songs in musicals (laughs) which is something that was a huge inspiration for him with ghosts so yeah for sure Musicals fucking rock, like absolutely. Mu- the yeah. musical theater energy is alive and well, especially on this album. Yes, like with Goulet and like Zombie Queen. Goulet like, and Zombie Queen is awesome, dude. That that's is, a great one. I fucking love that song. That and I think Monstrance Clock are my favorite songs. On yeah, that. I think I like when they get is like super rock opery. Like that's when I'm super in for sure. And I think you start to hear the production. Like I think I got into their covers because on the first album they do a cover of the Beatles, um, and I feel like that's when they start to show their bigger production side based mm. on like how that song. It's a very good cover. Like yeah, you can't take away from 
their their skill in like kind of turning it into like a minor key mm. that's super fun and then the covers ep that comes with this album is when i really am like i see what this gimmick is yeah i really am feeling it and i i love it i yeah, love yeah. that it is a trojan horse of evil ideas <laughs> wrapped in fun music <laughs> so infestestimum by the way that's when he becomes pop emeritus two the second and for their next album released in 2015 meliora papa two is fired uh and his successor was his younger brother by a full three months it should be noted pop emeritus <laughs> the third his look is kind of uh black parade at times like he's got like a dark circus ringleader look every uh at points when he's not doing like the full-on pope thing the nameless ghouls then get their mouthless silver devil masks instead of hoods which I think they're those devil masks are kind of more, I think, associative with with the different iterations of Ghost. Uh, and this Papa is a bit more of a showman, uh, has a bit more pizzazz than the previous ones, which just goes to show like it's not totally arbitrary with the, you know, because you see Papa Bryce, sorry, fine, it's one, two, three, but he is actually like, no, this one's got like this kind of angle, and I'm going to really bring this to the performance uh, when we move it to the live show, which I thought is really interesting. Now we get to the lawsuit uh meliora is awesome album by the way this is this this album is such a big this album is a big deal for a lot of reasons especially because yeah solidifying that it's it really tells you that each album there the band is changing singers Uh and it's playing into like there's especially in aggressive music getting a new singer or like a new member of the band is the worst thing that you can do. <laughs> yeah. It's though it is it is one of the most hated things like the band sucks now. I got that new guy. I hate that new guy. He sucks. Don't the sound last like guy the old guy. Died in a helicopter accident. What like <laughs> what were they supposed to do? Exactly. Well, that's the I love that it's very funny that they make up this this gimmick that like okay, the singer is actually going to say the same, but on paper they're going to do the thing that it, the band itself is getting bigger. The sound is getting bigger. Yeah. They're spending more money. They're doing all the things that fans of music and especially metal fucking hate <laughs> on paper. And it's also, I think Meliora is probably, it's not my favorite album of theirs, but it is their best album. Mm, because yeah. it, they, this, the songwriting is unbelievable. The playing especially. It's unfortunate that this is the last album with the original band Mm. because the drummer is unbelievable that guy is in the is like from a musical standpoint just like really in the pocket and for for me at least and other like musical nerds you hear a little bit of the quality in this in the playing drop off the songwriting stays like pretty pretty fucking sick but there's something really special about this album there's like and i think that that's why most people it like most reviews will point to this album and say like this is the high point of the band i definitely think it also just proves the point it's like hey this isn't a fluke thing we're gonna be around you know and this is their first like they get the name back they're not called ghost bc anymore they are they get to be called ghost again it's so, so yeah funny. what is the deal with that like so they're ghost bc but just in the u.s and just for the first two albums so they were ghost they're originally like during the 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 rollout for the first album they are 
like like all right we're ghost and then the japanese there's like a japanese yes. band called ghost it's a it's one of those things like i pointed to which mm. uh, the side project uh-huh. of dinosaur junior like simple band names are a big thing at the at the start of the the 2010s I feel like, and it's something that we're still seeing today. It was a response to the fucking forever long. And you shall know us by our sixpence, none the richer. I know. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Megorium's wonder, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Godspeed, you black dudes. Have fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) I, but I think that like, go, the, why you would pick a simple band name, obviously, that's an incredible thing to do. And there hadn't been a popular band called Ghost. But of course, there of course, there were other bands called Ghost over the years. Mm-hmm. And like one of them was like a Japanese punk band. And so they were involved in a lawsuit about who got to be called Ghost in the United States. At least as I understand it. Lawsuits are motherfucking complicated. But eventually, because of Warner, I think they're... It's Warner Brothers puts more money into Ghost and is like, all right, enough of this beast right. shit. You guys are called Ghost. We're gonna just pay off these fucking lawyers. Right. We're gonna put this to bed. You're Ghost again. It feels so. It's kind of like they got re. They're like a, a middle aged person who got re like married to their ex wife <laughs> and got their last name back. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's super funny, but yeah, they're Ghost again. They um get it feels like a solidification of the band they're playing their biggest rooms this is the tour that i see them on i see them play for the first time and it's it's really fun they've this they become the thing that they're really trying to do he is is like a perfect example of what the band uh is doing I personally think the album after this, though, is where they really nail oh, the yeah. songwriting and the, right and exactly what the band needs to was be always meant to do. Well, what's funny is also around this time, like it's almost like real life imitating art a little bit. Where, like Pop Emeritus keeps switching out and everything, and then it, behind the scenes, Forge's Nameless Ghouls uh, end up departing the band. Simon Soderberg, Mara Rubino, Martin Schierstedt, and Henrik Palm. Uh, they leave, and in 2017, they sue Tobias due to a royalty dispute, accusing him of withholding financial information and payments, also claiming that he was trying to reframe the group as a solo project with hired musicians. And Forge's response to that was that no one in the band in 2016 was even on the first album, uh, that it was a solo project he created in 2006. And uh, the biggest result of all this is that the veil is lifted, and we now know the true name of Pop Emeritus. Up until this point, it's we're in what, as recently as 2016, we had no idea who any of these people were. They were this mystique thing, but the lawsuit really like completely exposed uh, everything. I uh, for, for in old interviews, whatever it's worth, Forge would just come out in one of the ghoul masks and do interviews as a uh-huh. representative of the band. There was always rumors, like you can look up who owns the copyrights to specific songs and who owns the entities behind what. And so, like Tobias Forge's name was always out there. But like they would never formally unmask like this. The the kayfabe was alive and well for anybody that didn't want to like go on an internet forum and like even then it was never confirned. And that's what you know. Once also with the lawsuit, he was like, "All right, fine, I'm going to start 
just doing interviews as Tobias and talking about this a little more openly. It sort of all yeah. came with the lawsuit. There was uh, a thing where uh, individual like and you know websites and TV stations that still wanted to cover him in shadow because they liked the gimmick so much, even though he had been outed, which became <laughs> like a weird in joke in the fandom. But uh, right. yeah, like you said, Jordan, you know the the people that left are, were people like uh, Martin Persner, who was with in, was with him in Subvision and uh, another band called Magna Carta uh, Corp. I forget what it was called. Anyway, MCC is what they call themselves now. A cartel, Magna Carta Cartel. Yeah, Magna Carta Cartel. Who uh, was uh, essential in songs like Year Zero? Uh, the uh, Simon Soderbergh was like, you know, these were people from the Linkopig scene that like were with him and grew with him. And it, 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 can, it only makes sense that as the like weird little experiment grows in popularity and grows in venue size and your paycheck doesn't get any bigger, that you start raising some questions. And yeah, it, it's it kind of, you know, it the the fact that. Uh, a lot of the media, a lot of the legal documents that came out from this time uh, from Forge just insist how worthless the contribution of the like, not to not to be a pinko about this, but like, does labor create the value or not? Like, was go were the band members instrumental to like helping make it what it is the sound that they built? Like, I think as as we can. I mean, at least from a musician standpoint, based on the way the, the next two albums sound, uh, yes. Uh, but the <laughs> like, you know, songwriting uh, is not like. Look at Metallica, the biggest metal band in the world. Those songs are written by James and Lars. The mm. guitars are play all played by James, except for the guitar solos. Kurt comes in and just plays the solos because James has like, even, even if like uh, Kirk writes the riffs, like, but they're still keeping it an entity. There's no framing of like, this is Lars or James's band or whatever. I feel like, you know, it should have been, it's an, it is an inherently wrong thing to do to what, Tobias has done like this is I it's an inarguable like yeah you kind of you got you got wrapped up in the fame and the in the gimmick and you're living the gimmick now like yeah. you are actually a guy you were like it'll be it's like liking something ironically like hi it'd be funny if we were like if you guys were called the nameless schools no you are those you are <laughs> but nameless. you are actually the band is mine you're my i'm wearing the pope hat i matter at you Joe. <laughs> the press release was like the uh the Ghouls are not irreplaceable. Like, yeah. yeah and I, mean, I will say the judge sided with Forge. The band ended up actually paying him out like $145,000 for like legal like, fees and stuff. Photos and, and rec- he has like the uh, documentation of his wife buying the first mask from the Halloween store. Wow. Like, you know, he had his shit all laid out. Um, and honestly, like, uh, I, I wonder if it was precipitated by the fact that like the Phantom was getting so involved with this band that they were beginning to like give the individual ghouls names and like would recognize like, oh, yeah, there's Omega. I love that guy. Uh, Omega being Martin Persner, who even though he wasn't involved in the lawsuit, he was the first person to kind of break the kayfabe, unmask himself and be like, hi, I'm Martin. I'm Omega. I'm 
not in the band anymore. Uh, follow me in MCC. Uh, it's the band I used to be in with uh, a certain person uh, named Tobias, <laughs> but don't worry about that. Like, yeah, like here's the thing. Legally, I'm sure a lot of bands could do the same exact thing that he mm-hmm. did. You know, right? If he wanted to, like King Diamond didn't go. Merciful Fate is a, is my band. He just went and did King Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, that's my solo band or whatever. Right, like, right. You can break a lot of this shit down. Like, I've had a lot of bands in my time where it's like, yeah, all right. I like the songs are all songs that I. I theoretically wrote or whatever. Right. Like masterminded the, yeah. Well, that's just how a lot of bands work is there's like, usually uh, it's the concept of walking into a room with five people and jamming. And then that's the song. That's insane. That never (laughs) happens. Yeah. Except for like probably sleep because one song is like an hour. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you make a song. That's one fucking hour is you jam. But there's usually, that's usually how it works. It's just no one has ever done something like this because it's wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Like, you know. And it's just, all guys he came up with. It's all fucking right. du- dudes from the same little city in Sweden that, like, like dude, we're in your other band's fuck you man yeah. <laughs> it's fucking so no 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 this it. band that we are in um is different than all the other bands that we were in together with that had the normal band uh expectations of uh returns because um it is popular thank you for my lecture <laughs> <laughs> like yeah I, I i everything he says like can technically hold up in the court of law but it's just like it's really but in the up. court Based of on- rock yeah, that's just not how ever, <laughs> any band has ever dealt with this uh, with right. this scenario. Like you, at, it, at, at minimum, out of respect, like it, it is one of the more like I don't know the details. I don't just like even I literally totally. just out of respect for the fact that like you were just a nobody in a Swedish town and you had this crazy bug up your butt idea and you needed like a bunch of musicians to help you see it to fruition. Yeah, there's just. I, I feel like the illusion that any idea happens or like 50-50 between like two creative parties is insane. Like it's usually a flushed out idea from from like maybe one person. But the people that are there creating it, like putting it together, like the fact that it's not called like it's it clearly was not a solo project yeah when it started mm-hmm. or at least he lured the band in with breadcrumbs <laughs> yeah, like, he like chanted a, his encampments <laughs> and you know yeah. uh <laughs> it's like it, well it, it, again it's just like uh like it'll be funny if this is the gimmick like we're a parody of the music industry and it just becomes exactly what the music right is, totally which is fascinating <laughs> he gets that it grew into it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, which, you know, in also in like Tobias's defense, like, all right, well, dude, you signed up to play mm. 
a nameless ghoul <laughs> in a thing that is literally yeah, about your, how that's your big mistake. Never sign up to be a nameless ghoul. That's hey guys, the you know how in uh, Western literature, one of the oldest, uh, most darkest, subversive uh, representations of signing your soul away is the erasure of your name. I had a great yeah. idea. Let's erase <laughs> your names. Let's play that up. Yeah, like if it was. The, yeah, the ir—it's just it's the irony is like I don't even know if it's irony because it's yeah. so, it's like beyond. <laughs> uh, like I I feel like I'm like the description of the I'm like I'm Alanis Morissette. I don't know what irony means in this context because it's <laughs> it's, it's it's just. It's just unlike anything I've ever seen. Part of the fallout, and it kind of exists to this day, is uh, Linton and Mauro Rubino, as well as Simon Soderbergh, uh, started a band of their own called Priest, which uh-huh. also involves a Christian-related uh, 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 semi-anonymous uh, spooky lore thing uh, with more of a gotcha. sci-fi synthy vibe. Uh, yeah. And they also use the same artist that does... Uh, Ghosts album covers, I believe. That's a bad idea. And they just <laughs> openly <laughs> antagonize ghosts left and right on social oh, that's media. Funny. That's uh, you gotta do your own thing. Like I, I get it. I'd be pissed, but it's just petty, and you're not gonna beat the machine at this point. Like, right? No, like at the like, you gotta do another thing. You can take, you can write stuff in the same style of music, but the gimmick. The gimmick is is that guys like yeah you got to move on sorry fellas well and move on we shall as well on to prequel uh, the album you f- uh, foreshadowed a little while ago <laughs> coming out swinging after all of this bullshit after like just literally <laughs> having to fire your friends and then fight them tooth and nail uh, in the court of law comes out swinging with a banger song called rats yes dude. <laughs> as a uh, cardinal copia uh that is uh, uh it's, it's i love this part pop emeritus becomes pop in the hill aka zero and he shows up playing the saxophone <laughs> in the band but he's like disappearing he's like fading and dying ford said about the cardinal the cardinal is not the boss He's just the Toastmaster. A cardinal is junior to a Pope figure. We still have Pope Emeritus, uh, but he's passing on. He needs to teach the cardinal to become a Pope, to earn his skull paint. And then there was going to be a moment in time where you have to sort of chew through a little bit of an underdog person that you might not like. So we end up with this character that I'm not even fond of myself. (laughs) He's new and he is an imposter and he hasn't proven himself yet, but if he does, he will become Papa Four. And uh, yes, Rat is the big lead single. It's their plague album. Uh, interestingly enough, too, this is uh, also a comment on social media dickheads. Ford said, I think that online mannerisms are very close to open square stonings many hundreds of years ago when people were fucking barbarians. 20 years ago, before the internet and before social media, if you were a kid who was bullied, at least you had the luxury of being able to shut the door and leave the bullies outside. It was something that took place in the confines of school or the way home uh, or on the way home from school. Uh, if you were spoken of in negative terms, it might not reach you, whereas now you cannot hide. You are constantly in the spotlight, open to anyone's spite. And I don't think that that's necessarily a good power to hand over to man. Uh, rats are a disease-spreading enemy and great numbers that come from all over that surround you. 
So that's kind of the d- general basis for rats rules. Let's hear some rats. <laughs> I it's very it's this album is such a a double-edged sword for me because I um I miss I miss the like the the swagger and the tight the 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 tightness of the original band like Uh this is tight but it's like to a click they clearly just which is just what happens? Like they yeah. haven't played together as long. Yes. These are not people that have been writing, been playing music together for years. The actual you know? decades, literally, like actual decades yeah. to kind of just like upgraded session musicians, at least for this album. One hundred percent. And the writing is there. The songs, I think that they're best. I think that um, this should be their best album based on the idea. I think Miasma uh-huh. is unbelievable. I think the best um I forget what the I, I'm I'm gonna pull up the album right now, but the be, I think the best summary of the band is the ballad on this album where it's uh um I think it's either pro memoria or like see the light maybe pro memoria where he's just like don't you forget about dying (laughs) don't you forget about your friend he's literally it's a stupid chorus on paper (laughs) but the entire purpose of the song is just to go you're gonna die think about that you know what no but like actually think about the nothing let's ruin some people's lunch breaks can we play just a little bit of that chorus (laughs) Chew on that as long with your tuna fish sandwich, Greg. <laughs> I think that it's like it's again, it's I hear people call this like a stupid chorus, but I was like, no, that the point is to literally make people think about uh the day that they die. Not like there's no metaphor. Yeah. He just wants you in the moment to feel uncomfortable. There's no subliminal anything. Like so much of this album is the concept of like uh taking the fear of like when you're like the the rumor of like playing an album backwards <laughs> messages what if those were the actual choruses what if those actually were played forward in the and but it's fun and poppy and i think there's so much of that on this album which is i which is what i love from this gimmick Again, like Promemoria and Witch Image are probably my favorite. Uh huh. Witch Image is great. Songs, which is maybe 
a hot take, but <laughs> I think that this album really uh, is fantastic. Well, at the end of the prequel tour, uh, the uh, Cardinal Copia does become who is now the current, we're getting up to date now, the current band's front man, Papa Emeritus IV. Uh, we, we still have Papa the Hill, by the way, coming out, rocking the sax. Yeah. So and it good. is such a good addition to the band's sound. It really kicks ass. It's so funny. It's In the so stage funny. show, when they roll out the coffin and there's just... <laughs> An it's old so dead man. funny, dude. <laughs> old dead Pope rocking the sax. It just works, man. I love and it. And so now we get, we hit COVID in the timeline. The band is like touring bigger than they ever have before. And of course, this stops them just like everybody else. They end up back in the studio uh, and they go in and record their most current record, Imperia, released in March of 2022. Tobias describes that album as a 10 course meal that, quote, if you don't like oysters, then you might not like course number four because that's got oysters. I think that's just a great descriptor for the band in general. But uh, yeah, it definitely has a lot of different sounds on it, a lot of different approaches. And um, Forge apparently had this idea for uh, for Imperium before pre- prequel uh, prequel Impera? Imperia no. uh, yeah Impera like Joe Impera. Para. oh sorry like yeah Joe Para. oh he had like <laughs> Impera oh okay <laughs> I would kill for a Joe, like a bombastic <laughs> ghost like rock musical with Joe Para with Joe Para doing all the vocals it's a hunter's uh, don't moon. you um. Think about uh, death. It's going to be be hard. That's a really good Joe Barra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he apparently got the idea for this album at a bookstore in Seattle. Uh, He found this book called The Rule of Empires. And he's just fascinated by how all empires rise and inevitably crumble. And he also explains, uh, when he's talking about this album, I found a good interview where he talks about his approach to the concept album in general. He said, it's never a story that starts in the beginning and finishes at the end of the story. It's not a rock opera. To compare it to other artists, it's more like Iron Maiden's concept albums, like a record Mm. that loosely dabbles with the concepts of, say, pharaohs or time. And in this case, it's uh, Empires, like Prequel was uh, uh, his Plague album. And it's great. I mean, I don't think there's an album where they're just like oh they lost it you know mm. what i mean it's it's i think it's solid uh what, what you're making faces jordan you're not not as uh high on this one no i uh well I, I think there are good songs on this album uh but i think you're talking about the song 20s where he screeches about grabbing 20s. women by the hoo-ha <laughs> listen i weird it's weirdly not besides the like, I think that line is funny. And I, <laughs> I think that, that the idea of that song is I don't I, I, I weirdly that's most people's biggest problem with this album is that mm. song. And that's not really it. I think the songs yeah. after that I'm sorry, April, are a we, what are we doing? Let's let's give people a taste just so they just so grab they them by the hoo ha. Yeah. In the 20s, early, we'll be singing in a rain of pennies. When you listen to that chorus, he's 
clearly making fun of like Trump. Yeah, yeah. Like or or what he's he's he is it's a parody of it. <laughs> so I get what he's kind of what he's doing. I just think I think the album kind of just sounds bad mix wise. Mm. Oh. Mm. Some of the worst drums I've ever heard mix wise. Like the playing is pretty stiff uh like it's fine it's not it's technically not bad playing but the cymbal mix is here this even i think you guys could listen to this album and if i go listen to the drum cymbals when you actually hear them you're like you will go oh my god i can hear why that that sucks a little bit it sounds like a robot snake they it sounds there's a hiss Hmm. there's a frequency that probably should have been removed and i get that this this type of shit happens like mm. a mix is not I, I i'm not taking away anything from like the songwriting quality but even that i think that there's some not as strong songwriting on the back half of this album i think mm. songs like spillways are great i think the intro track is is fucking great um but i feel like there's um to me, I feel you're like saying it's the Saint Anger of <laughs> Ghost album. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I just think I just think it's not. There's there. I think that the I think that the the concept is strong, but like you know, the, I think that it's just the the album that they release where it's like, yeah, there's other there's better other stuff. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to listen to Ghost, like this is not the album I'm gonna reach for. Everything like Meloria, like the three in between them are probably the go-to. You're making a lot of very reasonable and well-informed observations about the quality of this album. But I'm seeing here on uh, Billboard.com that it was uh, number one on the sales chart uh, on on its release in 2022. Get out of town. It made money. It made money, though. (laughs) So why why would it make money if it was bad? (laughs) The gimmick, baby. Oh, the gimmick! <laughs> the gimmick is so good. Well, it's the thing: the band is gonna keep getting big as hell, but not like you know. Now they're not on this tour; like they're not opening for anybody. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, shout out to Pardo Bond from uh, the community. He first saw Ghost opening for Mastodon, and then the last time he saw Ghost, Mastodon was opening for Ghost. Wow! So, just to give you like a good example of where where they came from, I mean, it's kind of crazy. To be fair. They were doing a co-headline, co-headline, tour yeah, with Volbeat, which mm-hmm. is a band that I'm not super familiar with because they're just kind of like a popular, like st- they're like a festival metal band, mm. yeah, as they're referred to. Oh, like Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yes. Did I mention I know nothing about music? <laughs> to be honest, you're not far off. God damn it! Like, <laughs> like I'm a savant. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Volbeat, but I just know that they're like, yeah, they're just like put out there to be like a, like one of the, like a, I don't know. They're like a mainstream band. Mm. Yeah. But Ghost is uh like, it's, it's the gimmick. I think that now, I don't know where Ghost goes from here because I think on this, the I, I'm like, I think their stronger songs are on their other albums. Like mm-hmm. this is, I don't think this is a bad album, mm-hmm. but I think now it's like, where, what do you do? The, the, 
the gimmick is uh, the the mystique is gone. We know it's Tobias. We know it's just him. We, you you know there was there's always critics of their albums, but like it's kind of like is there is there a next step for them? I think so. I think I think there's a new direction Space for pump. like the gimmicks and stuff. And maybe it is actually finally Wolf a pump. full on a full on rock opera would be amazing. Like a Broadway run would be amazing. You know, like something like that. Even Baby Pope. I'm just these are these ideas are free. I'm just Baby giving Pope. Them I would go with <laughs> Baby Pope is cool. Oh, it should also be noted, by the way, that some of their best songs, biggest songs, are released as singles or on EPs. Uh, Squared Hammer, oh, yeah, I Square feel Hammer. like mm-hmm. Squared Hammer is like probably their biggest song. Look up the video for that if you want like a good solid initial taste of Ghost. Uh, that was released on an EP in 2016 called Pope Star, and then there was also the Kiss the Go Goat and Mariana Cross. Oh yeah, uh, released together in 2019 under the ridiculous title of Seven Inches of Satanic Panic. So, you know, that's the other interesting thing. But I do think keep going with add more gimmick layers. Keep doing we reinvent the replacing the lead singer thing. I like saxophone Pope, right? Mm. So, like, give me I don't know. Give me more of that. And maybe it's time for a full on like story concept album that that maybe that like an actual Phantom of the Opera from Tobias. Oh, they're American idiot. That's what yes, you said. They're American idiot. <laughs> well, I th- I kind of think that they have that in a lot. Like, I mean, technically, there's like, yeah, none of this is connected. But I feel like they have so much of the rock opera in them. Like on paper, like a, a the norm. I feel like anybody would who could listen to Infestism on Forward and go, like, is this a rock opera? Right. Like, I think this the way that they sound. The fact I feel like Impera feels like is the first one that feels like a sequel to Meloria, mm. where I the imagery feels similar. There's something that feels very similar. I think it was the, the same producer. Albums. Yeah. It might have been, which I don't know what the happened to that guy's ear. How did you let the drums sound like this, man? <laughs> what the fuck? But either, either way, I would be curious to see kind of a full three like a full 180. I want to see something completely different out mm. of the band. I, I mean, or they could do the like kiss thing where they finally strip down and they just do like an acoustic <laughs> set. Hey, here's like, a all fun the idea up. for a new pope. It's uh, it's it's just a guy named Tobias, and everybody loves him because he's so great. Isn't that a fun idea? And you can How all fun. be like, you can say like, "We love you, Tobias." Hey, that's a, a funny. <laughs> it's funny and cool, right? Also, I it's it's less than he doesn't wear a mask because it's very itchy and I hate it. I think like well, like you brought up seven inches of satanic panic. I feel like something like that where it's like almost like I feel like when you can dive into different decades and Mm. styles and imagery, that's a really I think that that's a really creative way to keep the 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 gimmick going and keep your you as an artist feeling creative. Uh-huh. But this this one clearly, I feel like Impera feels like it's from the 80s a little bit, but it doesn't feel too much different from the other ones. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious oh, yeah. if they if the band needs a shakeup after all of uh all of everything that's happened with them. Yeah. With the with the, lo- with the loss of the mystique. It is album two without the mystique, but I'm wondering if 
eventually this is going to wear out. Right, I hear that. Uh, We'll see. As Ghost continues, I'm sure they're going to keep putting shit out, and they keep getting bigger. So they also haven't hit the high watermark, I feel like, of like selling out you know like the arenas to stadiums like we're we're just the scale just keeps getting bigger every time but um hell yeah that's where we leave it i think thank you so much Woo. jordan for joining us we did it ghost check them out thank you so much dude uh two minutes to late night what else uh do you what, what plug it give us the give us the whole thing uh yeah guys Check out my uh, show, Two Minutes to Late Night. If you like uh, Ghost, I also have a little skeleton face or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> that's what my mom says, so that's Aww. what I'm saying. <laughs> You're a little skeleton man. Uh, yeah, I make content there. If you like uh, theatrical, fun rock music with a spooky tint, that's we do a lot of cover songs. We got some originals coming out eventually. We have, uh, like, yeah, just keep your eyes Hell on yeah. the YouTube channel. Also, I make a show on Giant Bomb talking about albums. So if you had a fun time listening to me talk about music, I do it every week Hell yeah. on a Al- video game channel for some fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> Albumer, uh, that is awesome. Definitely check it out. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday streaming. It's so good. I love it. Also, uh, patreon.com forward slash Whizbrew. Ad free episodes are now up. So definitely check us out. We got ad free episodes, $5 a month. You get a weekly bonus episode ad free. And for $50 a month, you can join us on Discord for our Sunday study session. Patreon.com forward slash Whizbrew. Jake! Really got to press the flesh on that Patreon. Folks, it helps put food in my very ample belly. And frankly, let's see how big we can go. It's a, That's right, perverts. That's the angle I'm taking. Inflate <laughs> me. Inflate me, goddammit. At patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. Also, uh, hey, go to twitch.tv slash puppet Jared. Give it a follow. Don't, I'm not even, don't describe. Just listen to the sound of my voice. Do as I say. I am your dark content pope. And I command you. Uh, Hell yeah. Again, thank you again, Jordan, so much for joining us. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. Ah, I just, I can't ever stop. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. 
Steria University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.